Hello, sexy people. This is Jackie with another episode of the Sexy Politico podcast. If you enjoy what you're listening to, please subscribe and leave a rating on whatever podcasting application you are using. This is the first episode in February, and as we're beginning Black History Month, it might be a little obvious, but the U.S. just inaugurated its first Black, Asian, and female vice president. So we're starting with Madam Vice President Kamala Davy Harris. She's the 49th Vice President of the United States. And as stated before, she is the first Black Vice President, also the first Asian Vice President, and the first female Vice President. And before becoming Vice President, she was a United States Senator from the state of California, serving from 2017 to 2021. She was also, she was also the Attorney General for the state of California from 2011 to 2017, and she was also District Attorney for California from 2003 until 2010. Vice President Harris was born in Oakland, California on October 20th, 1964. She is the daughter of Donald J. Harris, and I am going to butcher this, Shamala Godablan. Harris is a Stanford professor from Jamaica who came to the United States in 1961. Godablan was a biologist who studied the progesterone receptor gene and helped advance the research in breast cancer. She arrived in the U.S. from India in 1958 and sadly passed away in 2009. Kamala Harris attended Howard University in Washington, D.C. and graduated with a degree in political science and economics in 1986. Vice President Harris received her law degree from the University of California Hastings in 1989 and was admitted to the bar in 1990. Vice President Harris had met her husband, attorney Doug Emhoff, through a mutual friend who had set them up on a blind date in 2013. Emhoff was an entertainment lawyer who became partner in charge at Venable LLP in Los Angeles. Kamala Harris and Doug Emhoff were married August 22, 2014 in Santa Barbara, California. And at that point, she became the stepmother to Emhoff's two children, Cole and Ella, from his previous marriage. With the election of Vice President Harris, Doug Emhoff became the nation's first male spouse of a president or vice president and has taken up the moniker of the second gentleman. Vice President Harris began her career as Deputy District Attorney in Alameda County in 1990. In February of 1998, she was recruited as Assistant District Attorney for San Francisco. She quit this position after clashing with the District Attorney's Assistant over Proposition 21, which allowed prosecutors the option to try juvenile defendants in the Superior Court rather than Juvenile Court. Harris opposed this measure and was reassigned to another position, which was a de facto demotion. So she filed a complaint and quit. She took a job at the San Francisco County Courthouse and decided to run for district attorney herself in 2000. When Harris was elected the district attorney of San Francisco, she was the first person of color elected into this position. She had pledged not to seek the death penalty at all and to only prosecute three strike offenders for violent crimes. As she took this office, she cleared a backlog of violent crime cases. 
She also helped to, to pass laws that prevented the gay panic defense. This defense allowed people to receive lenient sentences because of gay panic. And she also made all crimes with assault weapons a felony. Her entire time as district attorney, she did not seek the death penalty, even when she was pressured by outside political forces. She hired people to create programs that lowered recidivism, that lowered recidivism, and also prosecuted parents whose children missed more than 50 days of school. Vice President Harris was elected Attorney General of California in November of 2010. The previous Attorney General decided to run for governor. She was the first woman, first black person, and first South Asian to be Attorney General of California. Harris worked very hard on online privacy rights, which is why there's all these privacy protection things that we see for California residents that we don't have for the rest of the country because the other 49 attorney generals in the U.S. really needs to take a page out of California's privacy playbook. She went after a lot of fraud and abuse in the Medicare system and with Quest Diagnostics. After the 2011 United States Supreme Court case Brown v. Flood, Plata declared California's prisons to be so overcrowded that they inflicted cruel and unusual punishment. Harris fought the federal court fought federal court supervision, explaining, I have a client and I don't get to choose my clients. Harris's record on wrongful conviction cases as attorney general has created some criticism from academics and activists. Law professor Laura Balzon contends Harris's web Harris weaponized technicalities to keep wrongfully convicted people behind bars rather than allow them new trials. Harris declined to take up any position on criminal sentencing reform while Attorney General, which was Proposition 36 in 2012 or Proposition 47 in 2014, arguing it'd be improper because her office prepares the ballot booklets. In September 2014, a memo was made public that the from attorneys that work in Harris's office, arguing unsuccessfully in a court filings against early release of prisoners, citing the need for inmate firefighter labor. Harris herself spoke out against this memo, saying that she was unaware of it and that the attorneys who had produced the memo without out of her knowledge. Since the 1940s, qualified California inmates have had the option of volunteering as firefighters and receiving comprehensive training from the California Department of Forestry and Fire Protection in exchange for sentence reduction, more comfortable prison accommodations, and, and prison firefighters receive $2 a day as a firefighter and an additional dollar while battling fires. In 2008, California voters had passed Prop 8, which was a state constitutional amendment providing that only marriage between a man and a woman were legal and valid. Now, a legal case was made in federal court very quickly after Prop 8 was passed, which was the case of Perry v. Schwarzenegger, which was later renamed Hollingsworth v. Perry. In the 2010 campaigns, for both Jerry Brown and Kamala Harris, both of these candidates pledged to not defend Prop 8. After being elected Attorney General, Harris declared that her office would not defend Proposition 8, leaving the task to Prop 8's proponents. 
In February of 2013, Kamala Harris filed an amicus brief arguing that Proposition 8 was unconstitutional and that the initiative sponsors did not have legal standing to represent California's interests by defending the law in federal court. In June of 2013, the Supreme Court agreed with then-Attorney General Harris in a Supreme Court ruling 5-4 that Proposition 8's proponents lacked standing to defend it in federal court. The next day, Harris delivered a speech in downtown LA urging the Ninth Circuit Court to lift the stay banning same-sex marriage as soon as possible. That stay was lifted two days later. In 2014, Attorney General Harris co-sponsored legislation to ban gay and trans panic defense in court, which passed, and California became the first state with such a ban. In 2015, Harris conducted a 90-day review of implicit bias in policing and, and the police used using deadly force. In April of 2015, Harris introduced the first of its kind, a principled policing procedural justice and implicit bias training, designed in conjunction with Stanford University psychologist and professor Jennifer Elberhardt to help law enforcement and officers overcome barriers to neutral policing and rebuild trust between law enforcement and the community. All command level staff received this training. This training was part of a package reform introduced within the California Department of Justice, which included additional resources deployed to increase recruitment and hiring of diverse special agents and expanded roles in the department to investigative officer-related shootings and investigated community policing. That same year, Harris's California Department of Justice became the first statewide agency in the country to require all of its all of its police officers to wear body cameras. Harris also announced a new state law require, requiring every law enforcement agency in California to collect, report, and publish expanded statistics on, on how many people have been shot, seriously injured, or killed by police officers throughout the state. Now, Harris had to deal with the Planned Parenthood video in 2016, which was which, when she sees these videos and other information from a, from an apartment of anti-abortion activists who made secret reportings, then accused Planned Parenthood doctors of illegally selling fetal tissue. Harris announced that her office would investigate the activists in the summer of 2015. She was facing increasing criticism for not taking public action, public action by the time Planned Parenthood filed a lawsuit against these activists. Hi, this is Jackie with The Sexy Politico. I hope you're liking what you're listening to right now. And if you could take a moment, please leave a rating, leave a comment. Just let us know how we're doing because it really helps us at the end. And also, please, if you have the time, take a look at our Patreon. It's really important to help us expand if we can have, if we know that we have supporters and we have the funds to make better quality podcasts, YouTube videos, writing for you. Thank you. Here 
Pierce's election into the U.S. Senate is interesting for the state of California. The 2016 California Senate elections used California's new top-tier primary format, where the top two candidates in the primary would advance to the general election regardless of party. So when so when California voters saw their ballot for Senate in 2016, they saw two Democrats. They saw Democrat Kamala Harris and Democrat Loretta Shantz in the general election. Harris, Harris won and she became United States Senator from California. So when she became Senator that June, Harris garnered a lot of media attention for her questioning of Ron Ronstein, the Deputy Attorney General of the United States, over the role he played in the May 2017 firing of James Comey, the Director of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. The, pros the prosecutorial nature of her questioning, you know, she was an attorney and all, caused Senator John McCain, an ex Officio, member of the Intelligence Committee, and Senator Richard Burr, the committee chairman, to interrupt her and request that she take a more respectful tone to the witness. A week later, she questioned Jeff Sessions, the Attorney General, on the same topic, and Sessions said that her question made me nervous. In December, Harris called for the resignation of Senator Al Franken, asserting on Twitter, sexual harassment and misconduct should not be allowed by anyone and should not occur anywhere. In January, Harris was appointed to the Senate Judiciary Committee after the resignation of Al Franken, and later that month, Harris questioned Homeland Security at Christian Nilsson for favoring Norwegian immigrants over others and claiming to be unaware that Norway was predominantly white. In May, Harris heatedly questioned Secretary Nielsen about the Trump administration's family separation policy under which children were separated from their families when parents were taken into custody for illegally entering the U.S. In June, after visiting one of the detention facilities near the border in San Diego, Harris became the first senator to demand Nielsen's resignation. Harris in October of 2018 was the target of a U.S. bombing attempt. In December of that year, the Senate passed the Justice for, Victim, for Victims Lynching Act, sponsored by Harris. Now, this bill died in the House of Representatives, but it would have made lynching a federal hate crime. Before the opening of the impeachment trial of Donald Trump in January of 2020, Harris delivered remarks on the floor of the Senate, stating her views on the integrity of the American justice system and the principle that nobody, including an incumbent president, is above the law. Harris later asked Senate Judiciary Chairman Lindsey Graham to halt all judici judicial nominees during the impeachment trial, which Graham acquiesced. Harris worked on a bipartisan bill with Republican co-sponsors, including a bail reform bill with Senator Rand Paul, an election security bill with Senator James Langford, and workplace harassment bills with Senator Lisa Mikowski. Senator Kamala Harris did run for president, but dropped out during the primaries. Joe Biden won the nomination for president and pledged to pick a woman as his running mate. After the racial unrest of the summer of 2020, the Biden camp floated and sort of announced that he would pick a black female vice president. And on August 11, 2020, Biden announced that he had chosen Kamala Harris. She was the first African-American, the first Indian-American, and only the third woman after Geraldine Ferrero and Sarah 
Sarah Palin to be picked as the vice presidential nominee for a major party ticket. Harris became vice president-elect following the Biden-Harris ticket's victory in 2020. After the major news networks called the election for Biden-Harris, Kamala Harris was recorded saying, calling Joe Biden saying, we did it, we did it, Joe. You're gonna be the next president of the United States. And this quote became one of the top 10 tweets of 2020. Following the election of Joe Biden as U.S. President in 2020, Harris assumed the office of the Vice President of the United States on January 20th, 2021. She is the United States' first female president and the highest-ranking female elected official in U.S. history and the first African-American and first Asian-American Vice President. She's also the first person of color to hold that post since Charles Curtis, a Native American who served under Herbert Hoover from 1929 to 1933, and she is the third person to acknowledge non-European ancestry to reach one of the highest offices in the executive branch after Curtis and former President Barack Obama. Harris resigned her seat on January 18, 2021, two days before her swearing in as vice president. Her first act as vice president was swearing in her replacement, Alex Padilla, and George Georgia's Senators Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff, who were elected in 2021's Georgia runoff elections. Personally, Vice President Harris's election made me cry. I didn't realize how important it was to see a person who wasn't a white man elected to Hottest. I honestly did cry. I cried for that little girl inside me who didn't believe that we would ever see a woman in the White House in her lifetime. I know that the country will not magically be fixed in one day, but it felt good to see a woman in the second most powerful position in the country. Thank you for listening to this week's Sexy Political Podcast. If you like what you heard, please review the podcast on whatever podcasting platform you're using and share with your friends or enemies. I don't care. If you have the time, please check out our Patreon and follow us on our social media. All the links will be below. Thank you for listening. Stay safe. Stay sexy. Bye.